1: Time we're ever getting excited about sex From now on it's first, okay? All I want to do
2: is fucking eat! I want Judy! I want Judy! I want you to want this shit! Do you want it? Do you want it? Show
1: me! Bologna did it
3: again! Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vowels on Twitter. What are you up to, you big TSE Homer?
4: Hey, buddy. How the hell are you?
3: <laughs> sounds like you're back in business, Shane. With all this news on Rocky Top, we'll get to it in a second, but sounds like you uh, hit the beer store on your way home.
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm about two in already, so I'm ready, baby. <laughs>
3: it's been a good news day for Tennessee. Well, speaking of being two beers deep, Shane, I think old uh, Scott Woodward, the AD, might have been a few beers deep here on <laughs> Wednesday. For anyone that didn't see it, uh, there's a video here. We're going to play you the audio, but uh, old Scott Woodward, of course, the former Texas a and AD who LSU hired back. He's an LSU alum, so wanted to return home. He's probably the best AD in the nation, Shane, but mm-hmm. not sure about the de- his decision-making here.
1: Probably in this half a century, there have been three giants in the three major sports in the NCAA. Uh, baseball, football, and basketball, men's basketball. Skip Bertman, Nick Saban, and Mike Krzyzewski. And two of them were on our campuses in the early 2000s. You forget that. Giants. But that's because of LSU. And that's what attracts them here. And I know there's a guy in Alabama who has regrets that he's not here today, and shame on him. But we have one with a higher IQ that's here today, so uh, thank you.
3: All right, Shane. So clearly he's just kidding around. He's, he's focusing it up for the LSU folks, but you know, there's one guy LSU people should probably not be talking trash to a week, uh, the week of the season. And I think it's old Nick. Yeah. I don't know if you want to be uh
4: busting old savings chops. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing if you're pumping up your baseball team, but when you throw Nick Sabin's name around uh, you know, he carries stuff like that. And uh, right now, you know, there's, there's, what, five other, six other teams in the West he could (laughs) have chose?
3: Now, like I say, clearly he's just poking fun and just having a good time. But, again, don't poke the bear till you beat him. You know what I mean? No, that's right, man. All right, Shay, you ready to go around the league?
4: Yes, sir, let's do it.
1: Now let's go around go around around the league.
0: We haven't decided how we're going to play the guys, so, and I wouldn't tell you if I did, so, you know, I don't mind you asking a question, but I don't need to answer it.
1: You know, I mean, I'll be whistling Rocky Top by the end of the week, All our play I mean, it's just like, right, I mean, you just hear it over and over, and, you know, like every other, every third song, it'll roll through within the crowd noise that you play at practice, so you just uh, you get used to it, it's a catchy tune, right, I mean,
0: this game's gonna be a street fight this game's gonna be a street fight i mean some of you guys don't know who kimbo slice is hopefully you do um and you go back to it man this isn't a sanction fight this is a street fight i mean this is the
3: sec so I man it's time it's time to put on the hard hat launch pail let's get to work all right shane unfortunately we got some terrible news to share you know the big news here on wednesday but old dylan moses Alabama's outstanding inside linebacker lost for the season. that was uh, first reported by al.com and confirmed later on Wednesday by Nick Saban during uh, the coach's teleconference. And man, this is huge because they already lost McMillan for their well, at Alabama, they don't say the season. They have some of the best doctors out there, but you know you're tearing ACL in camp. you're probably not going to come back. Both starting linebackers out for Alabama, Shane. Uh, this is a position of depth that was already the biggest question mark on the team, in my opinion. They're losing their leader, and now it looks like they're going to start two true freshmen at middle linebacker. How big of a blow is this for the Crimson Tide?
4: It's big, man. It's big. I know I know. there's there's great talent coming in to fill those roles, but Moses is good as they get. And, uh, you know, I, I – you know – Well, coming into this season, we said there's two things that they can't lose, and that's running backs and linebackers. Mm -hmm. And here, boy, they're getting hit left and right. It seems like every day we're seeing something bad come out.
3: Yeah, obviously you feel bad for, you know, the young men. You never want to see anyone go down. But on the other side of it, Shane, if there's anyone that could sustain injuries and it's not going to kill them, it is Alabama. So, not, yeah. Certainly not hitting the panic button and not hitting it uh, entering week one, obviously, playing Duke. They're a 35-point favorite. <laughs> but, you know, still, you just, just hate to see this. And, hell, uh, Shane, I thought Nick Saban here in his presser would jump to it right here. I, this was kind of bizarre. It sounded like he had to de- defend his decision to run practice. It was, it was kind of crazy. You know, I'm going to say this about Dylan Moses, and then I'm not going to say
0: anything else about it. You know, we love Dylan. Uh, He had a great camp. He was a great leader. Uh, He was a good signal caller on defense. Um, And, you know, I guess that I'm always the guy that has to make a decision as to whether we practice or we don't practice. If we practice, we got a chance to be good. If we don't practice, I don't see how we can get any execution. So there's risk-reward in everything that you do. Uh, And um, I think it's a character check for Dylan in terms of, the support that we wanna give him and the adversity that he has to overcome. But it's also a character check for everybody on our team uh, to be able to keep the faith, to respond to adversity the way they need to, to accept the challenge um, and and to rise above the challenge, support each other, support the young players that are gonna to have to play, and just kind of go from there. I mean, that's, that's the only choice we have.
5: Just who would be the play caller now without Dylan out there?
0: Well, whoever's playing Mike linebacker. I mean, we're going to have two freshmen playing as it is right now. So, um, you, you know, that's whoever's playing Mike linebacker. So that, that's, um, and you know, we, we, we got to work with them on it. I mean, they, they've been calling the defenses. They've been getting the signals with the twos. All right, now they're going to have to move up and be able to get the communication with the ones.
3: All right, Shane, so it sounds like the Alabama fans have been giving Saban or somebody an earful down there. sounds like uh, he had to defend himself for for having practice. (laughs) That's right,
4: man. Well, you know, we kind of talked about just shutting it down. But, uh, you know, he's the problem is he's got a lot of this young talent and he needs to find a spot for So you can't not practice, you know. You've got to – but I will say this. I've always heard that Nick Saban practices hard, and that's why they're always so – dominant toward the start of the season is just because they're so much more prepared mm-hmm. than a lot of the other teams and maybe a lot of that has to do with practice I, I don't you know injuries injuries can be a fluke and stuff so i don't want to say that's the reason but oh uh, you
3: know right now I, you can't afford to take any more hits on that defensive side of the ball now on the bright side shade christian harris true freshman uh, he's already penciled in to be the starter to replace mcmillan now it sounds like sean lee Another true freshman going to replace Dylan Moses. Uh, Saban said Lee is going to call the defensive plays out there. So that's another, I don't know if you want to call it a concern, but just a huge question mark because obviously he's never done it at the college level. That's something to watch moving forward. And then I don't know if this is uh, accurate information, but it's being reported everywhere, Shane, that Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, Devonta Smith, and Terrell Lewis all suspended for the first half of the Duke game. And Nick Saban will not confirm the news. He won't comment on the news. He just gets pissed off talking about the news, <laughs> which kind of makes me think it's true. Uh, but, I mean, oh, my goodness, Shane. I mean, this is not the way to go into an opener here.
4: Oh, man. Do you think Cutcliffe's all right? You think he's getting a little <laughs> excited over here?
3: <laughs> I, mean, if, I mean, if ever you're going to catch Alabama, you know, sleeping into a, an opener here, this is the time to do it. He's probably wishing he had Jones
4: back, you know, or damn Eli for one more year, you know, because this could have been the year. So uh, I still think I I still think Alabama's going to be all right, but uh, God, you just you hate to hear it because a lot of people are talking like this that this is their revenge season and they're not even going to get the season started.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, let's jump on down to Auburn, staying in the state of Alabama. There, war damn eagle, and Gus Malzahn on, on the teleconference. Uh, you know, we don't have audio here because uh, the audio quality is not too good when these guys call in on a phone, but he gave the latest update on Anthony Schwartz. I thought this was kind of a big deal because based on everything they were saying, it didn't seem to me like Schwartz was really going to play in this opener, but uh, Gus Balzon reported that uh, his sophomore receiver will make the trip to Arlington, still won't say whether he's going to play or not, but you know when they hit the road, I think the travel roster, what is it, like? 70 I think something like that so Mm -hmm. I don't think you're taking this guy if either you have no intention of playing him or maybe this is just a mind game here with Oregon but I saw at least a positive step here for Auburn fans that Schwartz could be out there
4: no I I think he plays man I I think well I don't know we I talked a little bit about him being a decoy Mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he's in a few routes you know what I'm saying just a couple of safe verticals but but then again, if a kid's got a busted up hand and you feel, I mean, you don't want to ruin your whole season, you know, by rushing this decision, maybe this is something they're just going to kind of see how the game flow goes. And if it gets to that crunch time and they need a playmaker out in the field, maybe they roll them out. So I don't know, maybe they keep them warm and on the sideline just to, you know, just that, that element that, if, in case they need them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking, I mean, not only, you know, running go routes, but I mean, he's You know, looking at this kid's stats and remember what he did last year, I mean, they utilized him a lot in the screen game. Obviously, Mm -hmm. you may not be throwing screens to him if his hand's damaged, but the jet sweeps and the motion, I mean, Auburn loves to do that stuff. And, I mean, you just have to honor this kid uh, until you don't know that he can't catch it or can't handle it. But maybe even with a a damaged hand, he could take a jet sweep, you know, if it's just a pure handoff into his gut. So, uh, I think – this is a great sign for Auburn, and I mean, you just Oregon is just going to have to honor him wherever he is on the field. Mm-hmm. Even if he's not, like you're saying, if he's completely out of the game plan and he can't do anything, if they run him out there and he's in motion or just running down the field, I mean, they have got to honor him. So I think this is a smart. Even if he can't go to take him on the travel roster, at least at least have Oregon thinking about it in the back of their mind. You know what?
4: Yeah. This guy's so damn fast too. He just I love seeing him on the field. I mean, he is quick. I mean, I don't know if he's breaking records in track, but when he's out there in them football pads, there ain't a faster person on that field.
3: Mhm. Uh last thing on the Tigers here, Shane. I just thought this was cool. Obviously, it's a podcast we don't have video, but we can share it here on the Reddit page, but uh Auburn has made a decision to honor, you know, their former play-by-play man Rob Bramblett with a yeah. a helmet sticker. Going to wear that all season. I just thought that was really neat. And, uh, you know, obviously going into the the football season, it just won't be the same without Rod calling the games there. classic voice he had there on the plains, but uh, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really classy move there by Auburn to make this decision. That's
4: fantastic, man. I think this is something they should do, and I hope they do more down there in honoring his name because, I mean, you look at some of the greatest highlights we've had in the last, you know, decade, everyone that you see, and he's calling, it just – It's electric, you know. If you watch a game highlight and it's got just CBS commentary, Gary trying to get fired up, and then you got Rob on the other side, I'll give me radio all day long because this guy made that moment ten times better. So uh, he will be
3: missed, man. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, Shane, let's jump on down to Athens. Oh, dog, sick him! (laughs) Kirby Smart met with the media here recently, and uh, I just wanted to get your idea – your, excuse me, your thoughts on this because this is not something that I don't think we have talked about. Uh, we talked about uh, the deep rotation there at running back, but I don't know if you're aware of this, Shane. In DeAndre Swift's career there at Georgia in two seasons, he's never carried the ball more than 17 times in a single game.
5: Mm-hmm. And
3: in his 29 games, he's only carried it more than 10 I think the number is 12, so we're not even talking half the games. Um, and Kirby Smart was just kind of asked about that. You know, DeAndre Swift's obviously never been a 20-carry guy. Could he be that 25, 30-carry guy if they needed him to be that? DeAndre Swift's
5: a guy for you. He's never had more than 17 carries in a game. How much would you say of that is, is, is managing him because of, uh, I don't know, his, his, his style or maybe injury-prone? And just kind of circumstances have left it that way. Uh, is it? Would you like to see him get more opportunities than that? Well, I I can't speak to high school,
2: so I don't I don't know that. But I can speak to the time here. He's been in the backfield with some good players. I mean, we obviously know his freshman year, um, and we know last year with the guys that we had in the backfield with him. Um, really, two three guys that that you know there may not be an opportunity for one guy to get 25 30 carries it's just the, the game is not built like it used to be for guys to to carry that the, the people hitting these guys are bigger faster stronger there's a lot more licks um it's just it may not happen that way but if it i, I know that so should it be that way that he has to carry the ball 25 times a game to win i have no doubt that DeAndre Swift could do that but it all goes back to, is that necessary? And you do what you have to do to win. And sometimes other guys have good skill sets. Sometimes other guys are fresher. Um, sometimes it's a rotation pattern. And some of our games haven't dictated where a guy could get that many carries because some of our games have been lopsided and you don't get a chance to get guys that many carries.
3: All right, Shane. So a lot of people hyping up DeAndre Swift for the Heisman even, and you know, I. I'm I'm not uh, saying it's impossible by any means, especially with that offensive line, but it is probably something we need to think about that we've never really seen this kid carry the load completely. Uh, What are your thoughts on what Kirby had to say here?
4: Well, I think he'll be able to, but I I can't imagine a world where we're going to have to have him. I mean, George is loaded at running back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just Swift. It's something that he talked about. George has always been loaded. When You, you know, you watch some of these highlights, and then, and then all of a sudden it's Sony, and then you look back, and then there's Chubb, and then... You know, I mean, you just think about what George has always put on the field. It's a multitude of running backs, and and I can't imagine that there would ever be a situation where Swift would have to carry more than twenty times. But I do think that if he did, he'd be able to do it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that, that's a, that's a good point. I think the game that you'd really need him to do it is obviously something like the SEC championship game. Or a Clemson National Championship game or what have you. I think those are the games you, you would be having to do that. But yeah, I think you make a great point. Georgia is so deep. I mean, we don't know what Zamir White can do, but I don't know if you've seen that picture, Shane, of his calves, but it I mean they <laughs> it looks like they're like the size of a computer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this guy is probably gonna carry the load just as much as is DeAndre Swift if he's healthy and that's before getting into their third and fourth and fifth running back. So I don't yeah. really see a situation where Swift is having to be a 25-carry guy, but I just thought that was interesting to think about. He's a
4: Greek god, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Don't they call him Zeus?
3: Yes, sir, they do. <laughs> All right, Shane, sticking here with Georgia. Wanted to get just your thoughts on this real quick because Kirby was asked about his new offensive coordinator, James Coley, and where the game plan, you know, like will he be on the, on the field? Will he be in the box? He was kind of the same deal with Kevin Steele on our last episode. And Kirby was, uh, I don't know, he just didn't really want to answer the question.
2: Uh, James uh, will probably be on the field is what we've done in the scrimmages, what he and I have talked about doing. And we're open to looking at it different ways, but um, right now it's probably what we're going to do. You know, I don't know, I mean, we, we did a lot of things uh, with Jim here that we didn't necessarily always do. Um, we, we, you know, you have more offense than you always than you don't always show and you try to use what you need. and um what you don't need you don't use so there's things that we had in games that we didn't use in the past and sure it'll be that way now I don't I mean it won't be explosive we want to be able to score points I think in college football nowadays you got to be able to score points and you look at the best teams in the country they can do that so um, we've got to be able to score points and whatever it takes to do that whether it's wearing people down or throwing the ball we got
3: to be flexible enough to do it all right Shane so I thought that was kind of that was interesting what he had to say about uh, where <laughs> Coley will call the game and uh, the fact that he hit on you know, Georgia's offense, potentially being more explosive with all these playmakers. I think that's what uh, Georgia fans really want to hear.
4: Oh, for sure. And I'll tell you, <laughs> Coley's – He's gonna be wherever Jake wants him to be, you know. <laughs> he, wants, he gets tired of looking at him. Go back to the box, coach, and just call me down here if you got something special you want to run. So, I, th- I think this thing is a machine that's gonna be running itself. Uh, you know, I give Cully a hard time. I think th- you know he he had a a great mentor, and I'm sure he's gonna be bringing a lot of that here this season. But he wants to make a name for himself too, and uh, and that's when. When you hear things about these explosive plays, I think we're going to see more of that with Georgia, and it's going to be easier to do this year because everybody knows about the linemen, everybody knows about the running backs. They have no clue about these receivers, and they got talent out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're they're ready to show them off. You know, I think they want to show everybody just how balanced they can be.
3: All right, Shane, sticking in the SEC East. Let's jump on down to Rocky Top. Hey. Good news here, Shane. This is uh, something we teased earlier. This is why you're a couple beers deep here, I would imagine. But <laughs> old Trey Smith, uh, we finally got word that what we've been waiting for all off season. Trey Smith cleared for Georgia State, and you obviously you know pencil him into the starting lineup. They got one starting lineman now. Uh, <laughs> thoughts on Trey Smith uh, giving it a go here against Georgia State?
4: It's just good for him, man. You know, I mean, obviously the kid loves football. Harry, he wouldn't still be here. You know he's doing everything he can to get on the field and to see the green light and and him coming in season and you see him on Twitter. I mean he he is he's on cloud nine and I'm just I'm more happy for him than I am for just Tennessee in general. Now as a Tennessee in general, I'm really happy because that just elevates that whole that whole front. I mean it makes everybody better up there. So uh, this is great news, man.
3: Yeah, when you think about it, Shane. Now Tennessee. Probably not in the opener, but I think a month or maybe the second half of the season, certainly, there's a very realistic chance they're starting three five-star linemen out of the five positions. So, mm. I mean, this is uh, this could be night and day. I I honestly think I put this on Twitter. I was I don't think I was exaggerating. I think Tennessee's offensive line could be the most improved unit in the entire SEC if those guys all are on the field. And they're all playing up to their potential. Uh, thoughts on on that comment?
4: Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm I am with you, and I think I don't know. Just it just feels better up front. Uh, I just listening to Coach Coach Brand and all these guys talk about these guys. I mean, they feel like they're deeper too. And, you know, we talking about the top five, but that's where we're at now. Some of these. Six, seven, eighth best linemen are still competing for the job, so you got to feel good about the competitive depth that we have got up front compared to what we had
3: last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's jump to Jeremy Pruitt here, Shane, talking about Trey Smith and you know his return to the field. And it kind of sounds like how we were talking about previously. It sounds like this will this is not something where he's just cleared for the season. It just sounds like this is going to be you know further evaluated week in and week out.
1: You know, in the last two days, we really got some good news. Starting with Aubrey, um, you know, it's a guy that's that's worked really hard since he's been here. Um, you know, I'm glad to see that he gets rewarded and gets a chance to uh, to compete and play. You know, Trey Smith is is going to be able to play some snaps on Saturday, so uh, that's a great thing for Trey. Uh, you know, this is something that uh, Trey and his family decided to do, um, and along with our doctors here at the University and People across the country have come up with a with a plan for him to be able to to play the game that he loves. Uh,
5: I know you can't go into too many spe- specifics, but even in generalities, can you say anything about what this plan is that's going to be able to allow Trey to play?
1: No, it's it's a it's a plan that our that our doctors came up with. And as far as uh, playing in the game, I mean, Trey's just like any other guy on our team. Um, you know, he'll he'll definitely play some. How much? I don't know. Uh, but he's, he's, he's practiced a few times this camp. So, uh, you know, he's worked really hard um, since this all began, uh, probably in the best shape of his life. Uh, you know, I think he weighs about 320 pounds. So uh, when we got here, he weighed 365. So he's, he's worked really hard. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that he's getting an opportunity to do what he loves to do. No, the plan's definitely the, with our um, – our medical staff, so uh, we've got a plan. Uh, you know, we really are are keeping it in house. Uh, you know, I don't think it's smart to let our opponents know how many snaps Trey's going to play or not going to play.
3: All right, Shane. So, you know, obviously you hope this all goes well, but I think he, it needs to be tempered a little bit because you got when you hear that, uh, you gotta you gotta understand that uh, just like last year, these these clots came back. Yeah. Uh, so this is something that uh, they're going to have to closely monitor. I believe every week of the season, just to ensure Trey Smith is is fully ready to go.
4: Yeah, and it, it, but it feels like they got a better feel on the situation this year. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they were trying some things last year, and it just, you know, it just wasn't working. And then this year, I don't know. It just, it just feels different. Listening to the coaches that that they understand the situation that they have, and they have a better way of monitoring it.
3: Yeah, And I've actually heard there's a player in the NFL that has this same oh that's good the same thing and and he continues to find a way to to play without obviously risking his life so there must be some kind of uh, procedure here that uh, that is starting to become more well known and that's what you want to hear too because something you brought on the la- last podcast was
4: you know he's a potential first round pick which I think he is but, you know, how many teams are going to pass on him because of the medical situation? But I didn't know somebody was already in the NFL with the same situation. And and obviously, if we don't have any setbacks while he's here at Tennessee, hopefully that won't hinder him at the next level either.
3: A final thing on the Vols here, Shane Daniel Batulli, their inside linebacker, Pruitt announced he's going to miss the opener there against uh, Georgia State. And this is a guy who just recently had his, uh, I, th- I believe it was a knee scope and Pruitt said he could possibly play in the Sober. Yeah. I I never thought he would. That, that didn't make a ton of sense to me. But uh, I think they, they may really need him back for BYU. I think that's kind of the target date there.
4: Yeah, his math was a little shady. <laughs> 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 like, it came back exactly the same day. So I was like, I don't think we're going to see him. And honestly, it wouldn't blow my mind if we don't see him next week either. I, I know that BYU is definitely a tougher uh, – tougher opponent, but mm-hmm. I think it may depend on how we play and how
3: BYU plays week one, whether we see him week two. All right, Shane, let's jump over to the sec West and go down to Mississippi state where Tommy Stevens, our new starting quarterback. He met with the media here recently. And uh, I thought, I just thought bulldog fans would really appreciate these comments. Uh, Tommy Stevens on being named a team captain voted by his peers And he also talked about uh, what he put in this offseason to really win that quarterback competition. Because remember, while this was still going on, this is a guy that lost two quarterback competitions during his career. And while we thought Tommy Stevens was going to win the job, I think it was fair to ask, you know, does this guy wilt under competition? Uh, But he Mm kind of gives some insight into how he won this job, which I thought was pretty
5: interesting. It was awesome. Um, big goal of mine, really, since I, uh, you know, started playing college football. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, a huge honor. Um, you know, I guess very proud to be, you know, a captain, um, and uh, you know, very, very thankful of you know my teammates for thinking so highly of me.
1: To be voted in by your teammates as a captain, how great is that? You know, coming in as the new guy, and things and to to not only win the starter's job but to
5: get that vote of confidence too. It, it was awesome. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm very proud of, of that accomplishment. Um, you know, and it's a credit to, I guess, you know, my teammates being able to uh, uh, have their faith in someone who's uh, new around here. And, um, you know, I never really tried to uh, be the guy that's, um, you know, rah-rah and, you know, I guess speaking too much, especially being the new guy. Um, you know, I just tried to, uh, you know, work and, and speak, you know, in, in given moments. Obviously, there's, I can't be too quiet, but, um, you know, some of those things have, have progressed. The more, I guess, that I've eased into things, and, you know, obviously the more I'm around the guys, the more comfortable I get. So, um, But, you know, all in all, I'm, I'm very thankful um, for, you know, their thoughts of uh, me being a captain, and, um, you know, I'm not going not gonna to let them down.
1: Then you came into this camp saying, I need to get better at this, and you did
5: question. Um, I wanted to be as uh, as efficient as, as I possibly could as far as not necessarily you know completion percentages but things kind of like I was saying just a minute ago about getting the protection set the right way and uh, not missing many of you know of those things and uh, you know just little details I wanted to be very detail-oriented detail and so um, you know kind of like I said in the very beginning I thought that it was my best overall camp not just because my uh, completion percentage was what I think was probably close to at its best that it's ever been as far as a, uh, a training camp perspective, but, um, you know, some of those little things like sliding the protection the right way and knowing, uh, when the defense is doing a certain thing, I think is probably, um, maybe what I'm most proud of.
3: All right, Shane. So as Tommy Stevens kind of laid it out there, I just thought that was interesting. You know, he got, got into, uh, how proud he was to be a leader there and uh, the fine details that kind of won him this job, likely over Keaton Thompson. Uh, What was your reaction to hearing this? (sighs) Did Anybody call him touchdown Tommy yet?
4: You know, I was hoping that really catch on by now, but (laughs) maybe, maybe later in the season, (laughs) Uh, you know, competition. I think it's important, but the thing that, that stood out with me with Tommy, you know, and something that coach talked a little bit earlier in the season about Was that uh, how did he uh, that senior urgency? You know, like you you've got one last shot, man. And you know, here he here he left Penn State. Things didn't work out there. He comes up to Mississippi State. You know, I mean, it's his senior year. He's got one last opportunity. This may be the last year he ever plays college football, and I think he knows that. And and it feels to me, not saying that KT didn't, but it just feels to me that. He put in some time, man. He put in time in film study. He put in time in the playbook. I mean, for him to be named uh, the starting quarterback, that tells me that this kid knows this playbook front to back, you know, and probably mm-hmm. maybe knows it better than KT. You know what I'm saying? Because there were some times last year we thought nobody knew the offense on that team. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, he put time in the Manning camp. I don't know. He just it seems like he's doing everything he can because he knows that there's a little bit of that senior urgency this year. And uh, it shows. It's showing. The team bought in. The coaches bought in. So, I hope the fan base buys in as well.
3: Yeah, I'm really happy you said that urgency there because I think that's that's the perfect word for this situation because if he's got any dreams of continuing his football career, Mississippi State fans probably didn't even know who this kid was before you know he left Penn State. And think of everyone back home there at Penn State. They've all had their eye on this kid since he left. Mm-hmm. You go down to your former coach. I mean, everybody's assuming that you're going to get the job. If you can't get it done in your one and only shot – I know you just got down there and it's very tough. I'm not saying like it would have been a, a huge disaster if he wasn't named starting quarterback, but I mean, things would have been said about this kid about, you know, he's just, if he, if he couldn't do this situation, he was just never going to play college at a high level of starting quarterback. I mean, I mean, this is interesting. I mean, he's a graduate. He's never started as a senior. So there's still some unknowns about him, but he's been on the field consistently the last three years, I believe, just in various roles. So it's not like he's a freshman rookie type, but uh, it it just, I don't know, it says a lot about him that he – Everything that he did, and uh, kind of like he said, this was his only shot. He had to nail it perfectly, and it's in the face of extreme competition, it sounds like he did just that, and uh, it's obviously winning over all his teammates along the way. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think there's, there's real reason for optimism there at Mississippi State that uh, we'll finally get to see this Joe Moorhead offense we've been hearing so much about. Absolutely, man. All right, Shane. Let's jump on down to Fayetteville. Woo, pig! Arkansas is getting ready for their season opener. Shane, this is uh, you know, this is one that's not really on most people's radars outside of Arkansas because the competition, Portland State. We'll be talking a lot more Arkansas next week when they travel to Ole Miss. But I just thought this was great. Uh, Chad Morris met with the media here recently, and he was asked about uh, the potential for the Razorbacks looking past old Portland State.
1: You worried all about guys looking ahead to Ole Miss?
3: No, no, not at all. Not not, not with the season we came off of last
1: year. You don't look ahead for anybody. Um, This is about how we play. It's not who we play, it's how we play. And and that's, uh, as I shared with them today in our team meeting, I'm far more concerned about their preparation and how they continue to prepare each and every day, regardless who we play. Than the magnitude of the game on Saturday it's about preparation today and and that's been our focus and um but no I'm our guys have had great preparation to this point and
3: I, I anticipate nothing but that today all right Shane so <laughs> last year was kind of a similar situation Arkansas went into their opener and won a big game against an FCS opponent and that was basically the highlight of the year so obviously the lowest of the lows last year I think it's going to slightly start turning around this year, but it's got to start here with, after the terrible end of last season, Shane, if they stub their toe here, certainly they're not going to lose to Portland state, but if they, if they come out and look shaky, I mean, I think there's real concerns about the Mm buy-in level once again, and the direction of this program. So I know it's an FCS opponent. I know there's no spread. They're probably favored by 50, but if they come out here and they do not look good, I think there's kind of real pressure for them to, to show something in this game.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't sleep on Portland State there, Mike. You know, I just <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think you can't be sloppy. But the problem is you're going to have a lot of young kids playing for the first time. And it's going to I mean, did you, you remember the Florida Miami game? You know what I'm saying? Some of those right. kids have been playing forever. It's the first game of the season. And there was a lot of sloppy play. And you're going to have even more of that, I think, with these uh, with these young kids with this young team and new quarterback, you know, uh, I, I hope that Ben Hicks, you know, comes out and proves the naysayers wrong, you know, and, and says this is why coach picked me
3: mm-hmm. uh, because I'm telling you
4: after three or four bad drives and uh,
3: we don't see Nick in there, uh, these fans could get a little restless. Mm-hmm. Well, sticking on that theme, Shane, a uh, senior linebacker, Scooter Harris, he was asked, Basically the same question. Any concern that the Razorbacks looking beyond Portland State, looking ahead to that old Miss matchup? And I thought he said it even better.
0: You yeah, know, Portland State. I think you guys are 28-point favorite. You're playing your SEC opener next week. I know you're coming off a tough season, but do you, you worry at all about you know overlooking Portland State nah. and looking nah. ahead to Ole Miss? Nah,
4: or? you don't worry about nobody, especially after losing to North Texas last year. So you really don't. I really don't overlook nobody now. I know but you always say that, but I guess you just take it more seriously when something like North Texas actually happened to you. So, no, we not overlooking nobody.
3: All right, Shane. So, (laughs) I mean, they learned their lesson there last season. Obviously, that was the – man, that was uh, the most embarrassing Razorback performance I've ever seen. And while fans don't want to relive that, obviously, but maybe that, uh, you know, for the rest of Chad Morris' era, it lets everyone know we cannot make those same mistakes, cannot overlook the little things, can't – you know, obviously that punt return, but that was just a microcosm for the whole season. And at least maybe they learned something from that one.
4: I could see I could see Coach waking up in a cold sweat thinking about that <laughs> punt return, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was a that was a crazy that was like once in a lifetime play, and that was just icing on the cake. I mean, they didn't just they didn't lose to North Texas. They got beat, I mean, bad by North Texas. So they can't have that. They can't have that with Portland State. They, like I said, they have got – these are the games you have to win. And that's what Arkansas has to do this year. I don't think there's as much pressure pressure on Coach Morris as a lot of people think. But mm-hmm. the games like this, we we can't get into a third quarter and wonder who's going to win this thing. You know what I'm saying? These, these have got to be put away early and let these young kids develop. All right, Shane.
3: We got a game to break down. You ready to make some predictions?
4: Let's do let's do it, baby. Gambling. What's
3: you
4: say thing about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. No,
3: well, that was that was my lock. I said to go with Texas A&M. I was right there.
4: They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it.
3: Any chance you think Missouri beats Georgia this year?
4: Not a chance in hell, man. Not a (laughs) chance.
5: It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for us.
3: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. All right, Shane. So we're starting off here Thursday night football. SEC Network, Texas State. Coming to College Station to face Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. This game's going to be 8.30 Eastern Time on SEC Network, 7.30 Central Time. Uh, the Aggies, I believe, let's see here. They are a 33-and-a-half point favorite. I mean, this is going to be a real barn burner, Shane. Thoughts <laughs> on uh, the Aggies? Who you you liking this one? And remember, it's a 33-and-a-half point spread here. Aggies by landslide, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I really, I, I, I really
4: think Mond comes out, looks crisp. My only concern with the spread is, um, you know, I just, I don't know how much Mond we're going to see in this game because they really need everybody healthy for Clemson. So, um, so I don't have the score crazy out of hand, but I've got Texas A&M winning forty-one, and then I've got Texas State
3: seventeen. Ooh. All right, Shane. Well, I didn't realize this until this week. I kind of had forgotten this, but uh, former Texas A&M offensive coordinator Jake Spavita, he's the new head coach at Texas State. This is his first season. Mm -hmm. So there's some familiarity there with uh, the Aggie program and College Station. Obviously, he was there for quite a while. I believe he was the lead recruiter. I don't remember if he was for Kyle Allen, but I know he was for Kyler Murray. I think he was the lead recruiter f- with both of those guys. So uh, this guy knows quarterback talent. He knows how to bring it in there. But having said that, Shane, first mm-hmm. year, he's got a first-year quarterback. Uh, this defense was terrible last year. Mm-hmm. They're not They're not bringing much back here. Uh, I think the Aggies can kind of pick their score in this one. And I, I really like the fact that, uh, yes, the Aggies – You know, their entire front seven is basically going to be a bunch of new faces outside of uh, uh, Justin Matabuke. But this is the perfect opponent to break in so many new faces because you're going to be able to physically dominate them yeah. uh, get that confidence high before you hit the road to Clemson uh, and the Aggies still have a young secondary but again I don't think Texas State's going to really be able to challenge them uh, it's interesting that what you said about Kellen Mon. I think that was kind of my biggest concern when you're talking about uh, such a large spread here because they're going to need those backup quarterbacks to get reps I could see a situation where Maybe both those guys get a quarter because they need they need to find out what they got in these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be it may not be that much. it may just be. You Know the true backup gets the fourth quarter, something like that. But however, they split it up, you got to see the backup quarterbacks get some run here. They really need some experience, they don't have much at the college level, so that's always dangerous. You always get that backdoor cover. Uh, but I think A&M wins this one, wins it big. On the uh, I think Mike Elko's defense is really going to shut this Texas State team down. I got the Aggies winning 48 to 10.
4: Okay, so over you got them over, right? Yes, sir. Mm, I like it. I like it. It's wrong because
5: it's going to be under, but
4: <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm just afraid they're going to backdoor this thing. <sighs> and you know, I'm a hundred percent for the season. So
3: <laughs> off to a strong start. Shane, we both, we both lost against the spread last week, but yeah. uh, we got to get off to a better start this no, week.
4: Mike, Florida lost. Okay. <laughs> Dan Mullen
3: lost. We didn't lose. We were right, but. <laughs> and next uh, next episode, Shane, I'm really looking forward to it. So it's, it's, I mean, I always love talking some Aggie football, but Aggies versus Texas State, that doesn't quite get the blood going quite like uh, the games we got here on Saturday. So I'm really looking forward to it. But, hell, share, we got a great lineup here on Thursday. Not mm-hmm. only this AM and m Texas State game, but uh, I'm also going to be scouting Clemson because they're obviously playing uh, They're playing Georgia Tech, so that's Texas A&M's next opponent, so that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, Utah BYU, obviously BYU's playing Tennessee here in week mm-hmm. two, so I'm going to be scouting them. And uh, Chip Kelly, his UCLA team is playing Cincinnati. That's a good game. I'll be kind of having my eye on that one while this Texas A&M game is going on as well. So I'm just excited about the football. Uh, it's finally here. And this is, uh, you know, the next, we got football on college football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, this is one of the <laughs> best weekends of the year. It really is. So uh, I don't know. I'm just fired up talking about it.
4: That's it, Mike. I'm calling out of work. That's it. I'm coming down with an illness because I need to stay home and watch all of this. (laughs) Oh, dude, I'm pumped up, man. Season is officially starting. Uh, Yeah, it's Texas State. What I'm still
3: going to watch it, Mike. I'm going to watch it to the very end. (laughs) I got you. All right, Shane, you got anything before we hop off here?
4: Yes, Mike. Actually, I've got some reviews, and uh, we've got a couple mailbag questions, but we're going to do all that tomorrow because this one's running a little bit longer than expected. Uh, But definitely we'll have those and our previews tomorrow as well. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us, Uh, the ones that took the time to give us a rating review on iTunes. It really helps us out. I noticed a lot of people tweeting at the show today. That's fantastic as well. You can catch us on Twitter uh reddit page instagram that sec podcast any support is appreciated and i appreciate all y'all and it's football tie, baby yeah
3: and also don't forget you know we probably don't say this enough but if you know anyone that you think would enjoy the podcast tell them about it because word of mouth that's how these things really grow so we appreciate the rating and reviews that really helps grow the podcast word of mouth that as well social media everything shane just said there so I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. This is the best month we've ever had, 150,000 downloads this month, Shane. It's pretty insane. Thanks, about guys. About a year ago, we were getting about 300 a day. So. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, and half of them were our family.
3: <laughs> but I've just fired up some football, Shane. I think that's going to do it for this one. Uh, thank you for joining me as always. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one.
4: All right, see you guys. Thank you, guys. Go Vols. Hey, am I is my voice alright? Is it skipping or anything like that?
3: No, you sound beautiful. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> <laughs>